Hi everyone, this is JC with the You Made New Podcast. We are on episode two of season two, and I am ready to get this party started. This is something that is just lies at the very root of my passion for the gospel. How Christ can change our mind, like not just comfort us, not just soothe us, not just make us feel better when we're struggling. He can take away the things that we're struggling with. He can heal them, change them, transform them. So the more I've been thinking about the different episodes that we're going to tackle in this season, the more excited I've been getting because maybe just because it's so personal for me, these are things that have revolutionized my life. And so to talk about them really, really gets me pumped up (laughs) today. We're going to just dive into the how, okay. It's kind of a, where do we begin then? I know I want this sound mind. I know I want a mind that's saved and delivered, transformed and healed. I know I don't want to live in the crazy anymore. So where do I even start? Um, We're going to just touch on three points in today's episode. Um, And some of them might seem kind of like a duh moment. Like, um, yeah, I know. (laughs) But be patient with me. We're just going to work through them a little bit because these can become roadblocks unless we're completely um, approaching it with the right mindset. We can get a little, a little stopped in our progress if we don't look at it the right way. So as we approach this, <clears throat> excuse me today, I'm feeling it a little bit today. As we approach this, um, journey and as we draw near to the Lord and begin to look at how he can change our mind, I truly believe the first step is admitting with as much honesty as we can that there are issues that need to be healed and fixed and saved. And again, I know most of us go, uh, yeah, (laughs) my mind is messed up. But sometimes, um, I think we can live in denial. We talked about the danger of denial in, in a previous episode. We can have been so deceived. And, and like we talked about the crazy has so become our normal that we think, well, I, I don't think I don't think there's that much that he needs to address. Really? It's maybe just a few things for me. It's probably been about 15 years now that I've been walking this path with the Lord and, and really asking him to get into the depths of my mind and transform it. And the thing that surprised me the most is that so often he would spotlight something going on in my head. And say, JC, look at this. This is a lie. This isn't true. And it would always blow my mind. Like, oh, wait, what? It is? I I wasn't seeing. I had been deceived in so many ways that I couldn't see it. That's the whole point of being deceived, right? That you can't see that you've been tricked. And there are so many things in my mind that were my normal, that I was just living and believing and following and, and acting on that weren't true. And so the first key is opening ourselves to the prospect that there are many, many, many things in our minds that need to be changed. This, um, quote that I'm going to read you comes from a religious teacher who I adore his writing. His name's F. Enzio Busha. And it was an article he wrote called truth is the issue. And he, he talks about this deadly battlefront inside us. I've used part of this quote in a previous episode. This deadly battlefront that sometimes we don't even see is being fought subconsciously. The battlefronts battlefronts aren't even known to us because they're just so deep in us that there's no chance to win unless Christ shines his light 
on these battlefronts and what needs to be fought. But he said, and I've, I've used this part before, we can only ask for and receive the help of the Lord under the condition of complete and relentless self-honesty. So self-honesty that maybe I'm not, <laughs> I'm not as aware as I think of everything that's going in my going on in my mind and everything that needs to be changed. But then he says this, one of the great tragedies we see in our lives is that the adversary through the influences of our flesh, our natural, natural man can cheat us into establishing images of truth or perceptions of truth. Our brain, the great computer where all the facts of life, life's memories are held together can also be programmed by the flesh with its self-centered ideas and they deceive the spiritual self. Um, we've talked about this. You, you're already familiar with this idea. We've talked about this a lot in terms of body image and how the messages of the world really do program the great computer in our head to believe that we need to accept the world's standard of beauty. And so we've done that. We've had these established these images of truth. Isn't it funny? He used the word image. Because that's what we've used for the body, the image of the ideal woman. That image of truth has been, and I'm putting truth in air quotes here. It's a perception of truth that's not really true. But the adversary through our flesh, through our weakness, through our fallenness, we accept these images and act on them when they're not exactly true. He says then, without the constant striving through prayer and contemplation to reach the ends of self-awareness and honesty... Our so-called intellect can, therefore, based on look-alike truths, play many games of reason to impress, to intimidate, to manipulate. Our mind starts playing games with these look-alike truths, and we spin out of control in all kinds of different directions. Man, when he said the word games, how your mind can play games based on look-alike truths that aren't really true, oh man, have I been pondering that for days how many games I've watched my mind play to kind of manipulate my circumstances and my life to get my needs met in a way that I just felt that they had to be met. How many games have I played out of insecurity or a need for validation or a need for attention and approval and praise of others? How many games have I played, um, just to make me feel better about myself and to, to convince myself that I was all that I, you know, we could talk about so many different kinds of, and I'm sure we will in, in various episodes as we move forward, but that's the place where we need to start self-honesty that my mind is caught up in all kinds of games and, and just places that have spun out of control. And I do need his help, um, to make my mind sound to save it and rescue it from those lookalike truths, those half truths. So again, we've talked about this before, but I had to, at the outset of this season, establish that as a ground um, level foundation for what we're going to build on the self-honesty awareness that there is a battle going inside on inside my head. And I have been deceived in many ways and I need Christ's help. So boom, we're there. We got it. We're going to move forward from that point. But the second one and again, this is my second one that sounds like, um, duh, but I'll explain why I'm putting it in here. The second one is that we need to believe that Christ really can change that. He really does hold the power, not just to comfort us in our mess, 
to wrap a little warm blanket around us in the middle of our crazy and pat us on our head and soothe us. No, no, no. That he can take the crazy out of our minds so that we don't need the comfort. We are sound. We are at peace. We are at rest. We have to believe he can do that. Now, again, because I'm, I'm sure I'm talking to listeners that believe in Christ. You probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast if it's a gospel-centered podcast. We're believers. We're followers. And so we, th- we think, oh, JC, of course I believe him. But let's wait for a minute. Because I was just reading the other day. I was studying the idea of unbelief. And one author was talking about how unbelief is just manifest in turning to other things instead of Christ for our satisfaction. So I, I can say that I believe Christ can heal my mind, but in the moment, if I turn more to, I just need to binge watch, um, for a break from my head. I just need, um, I eat as an escape from the crazy in my head, or I, you know, go to social media, or I just need a self-help book. That's what I need. All these other things that we can turn to instead of Christ are a manifestation. It's our way of saying, I don't believe he can fix me. I I believe these other things can fix me. So again, we may say with our words that we believe that he can change our minds, but our actions are showing unbelief in our heart. Our actions are saying, no, I, I just, I need all this other stuff. That's what's really going to make me feel better. That's what's going to calm the crazy. A little ice cream really is going to, you know, work wonders. And so we've got to look at the depths of our heart. And if, if we don't fully believe we're not going to, to run after him for that healing, we're going to run after everything else. Um, look, this quote comes from author Oswald Chambers, who I've also quoted before in his book, um, my utmost for his highest, this one, this one packs a punch. And I I really want you to take a minute to just contemplate what he's saying and see if you can make it personal. He's talking about the woman at the well in John chapter four. And he's talking about how the woman said, you know, was telling Christ the well is deep, you know, and she was kind of questioning him. And he, as he quoted that scripture, he said, um, Think of the depths of human nature and human life. Think of the depth of the wells in you, how deep those wells are that we're talking about this crazy, this, this mess in our minds. Think how deep it can go. Then he says, have you been limiting or impoverishing the ministry of Jesus to the point that he is unable to work in your life? Suppose you have a deep well of hurt and trouble inside your heart and Jesus comes to you and says, let not your heart be troubled. Would your response be to shrug your shoulders and say, but Lord, the well is too deep and even you can't draw up quietness and comfort out of it. Actually, he says, that is correct. Jesus doesn't bring anything up from the wells of human nature. He brings it down from above. And then this, here we go. Are you ready? Are you listening? (laughs) Then this, we limit the Holy one of Israel by remembering only what we have allowed him to do for us in the past. And also by saying, of course, I cannot, I cannot expect God to do that particular thing. 
The thing that approaches the very limits of his power is the very thing we as his disciples ought to believe he will do. I want to say that again. The thing that approaches the very limits of his power is the very thing we as his disciples ought to believe he will do. We impoverish and weaken his ability to work in us the moment we forget he is almighty. The impoverishment is in us, not in him. Ooh, and then listen to how he finishes. We will come to Jesus for him to be our comforter or our sympathizer, but we refrain from approaching him as our almighty God. Oh, oh, let that one sink in. It's like I was talking about. Sometimes we get on our knees and we just want him to wrap a warm blanket around us. We're not asking for repentance. Don't tell me I need to repent. You know, just soothe me in my mess. <laughs> Make me feel better. Because, you know, the mess is just too messed up. My family's too messed up. My past is too messed up. Um, you just don't understand what I've been through. This this can't change. Just, you know, make me feel better. But But this is too deep. Even you, Christ, can't change that. Can you see how... Even that is a look-alike truth. It's a, it's a half truth. It's not true at all. But we can be see, deceived into this kind of unbelief where we don't, we just come to him to be comforted. We don't come to him to be rescued, to be changed. So as we begin this season, another foundational truth that we've got to have out on the table is number one, a self-honesty, self-awareness that we need to be changed. Number two, that he can do it no matter the mess, no matter how deep the dysfunction goes, no matter how many years we may have been struggling with it. Christ is almighty. He can, he can renew our mind, transform our mind, create a sound mind. <clears throat> where we don't have to live in that crazy anymore. So we've got to make sure we're not dealing with any unbelief because see, this is the cool thing. When we finally sell out to full on full throttle belief that he can change us, suddenly we're going to chase him down like the woman with the issue of blood. We are going to push through the crowd. We are going to do all he, we can just to touch the hem of his garment. We're going to become um, desperate followers when we truly believe with our whole hearts that he can change that crazy and bring us to a place of peace. It's going to bring us to a point where we'll go through whatever we need to go through to experience that healing. It will give us that spark, that motivation to come after him, but we have to have the foundation in place that he can do it. And we have to believe it with our, our whole hearts. Listen to a few of the promises that he himself makes in scripture. Isaiah 26, three I've read before, but it's one of my favorites. And we've got to, to compare our life with this verse. It says, Isaiah's talking. He says, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on thee. That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. That is the promise. If we're not living that, we've missed something in Christ. We've missed something. The NLT, um, another translation, translate it, um, will be kept in perfect peace whose thoughts are fixed on you. When our mind is fixed on Christ, there should be peace all the time. Even amid 
our insane lives. I know we have a lot on our plates. I know we're in traffic and we have this crazy boss or we have this or that or all this stress and our screaming baby. And so is the peace just when we're reading our scriptures and just when things are quiet or just when we're sitting in church? That's not the promise. The promise is he's going to keep you in peace, keep you there when your mind is fixed on him. Um, Ezekiel chapter 11 Christ says, I know the things that come into your mind, every one of them. He knows the mess. He knows so much better than we even know how we've been deceived and how he can shift it so that we can be or find this peace. And he talks in that same chapter, Ezekiel 11, about putting a new spirit in us, rooting out the old self and putting a new one in our mind and heart. Um, it talks in first Corinthians two of our ability to have the mind of Christ. I mean, there's, there's promises all over the place, but we just have to decide if we believe him, if we just have been so convinced by the message that we're just too messed up, he can't do it. Are we going to stay in that place of unbelief? Are we? So. If we decide like the woman, um, with the issue of blood that we, I, I know he can heal me. I'm going to do all I can to find him. That's the last key in it. As we approach this season, we're coming to him with self-honesty. We're offering, offering him our full faith and belief that he can heal us, our minds specifically. And then what we have to do is close the distance like she did to reach him, find him, do all we can to stay close to him. I, um, use the word distance. I read this from an author this week and she introduced the idea of following him so closely that there's no distance ever. And I started thinking a lot about my walk with Christ and how in earlier years, I, if you would have pictured me as, as being on the earth when he was walking in Jerusalem and as one of his followers, I would have been in my earlier years, one who showed up for sermons, who, who liked his preaching, but then who disappeared for long stretches. Like I didn't follow him around. <laughs> I, and then I began to, to experience his healing and to experience this transformation and what he could do. And I started to become, I mean, I would have been probably the annoying one that was just always tailing around because I just suddenly was so enamored with, with him and what he could do and, and his promises that I just, I became fixed on him. And, and this is the thing we're going to talk a little bit more about this. And, and we have talked about this in other episodes. We say, oh, but I'm so busy. How am I supposed to? Follow him so closely that there's no distance. I don't have time. Again, we're just saying in our thoughts, I don't have time. I can't, you have time to be thinking on him no matter where you are and what you're doing. This is a change of um, mind where we're going to, we're going to seek him in our mind so that he can speak and heal. If we don't open the door and spend time pursuing him and our thoughts running after him and trying to stay close to him. He's not going to be able to heal because we're leaving him for long stretches of time. So that is the, the goal. I think we're going to spend the next episode talking about this step three 
now that I'm thinking about it, it's kind of dawning on me. We need a whole episode on um, how we close the distance and, and some of the, the roadblocks that keep us from doing that. And that I, I'm just fully convinced he cannot transform our mind unless we're with him and by him and hearing him and talking to him and, and close to him. If we're taking off and, and leaving him mentally and not, um, not staying close to him, he's going to, again, he's not going to be able to do anything for us. Like, like that quote from Chambers said, we're going to impoverish his ministry in us to the point that he's unable to work in our lives. And so the healing of the mind takes a closeness to Jesus. Just a, an insane, like the woman of the issue of blood. She didn't just stand near the crowd and think, well, maybe, maybe if I'm, I'm just, you know, in the same vicinity, <laughs> his power will magically, no, she pushed through that crowd. She elbowed her way through. She had the audacity to say, no, you know what? Listen, I, I have tried everything. She had been fighting this battle for 12 years. She tried every doctor, everything she could try. Nothing had healed her. I mean, are we to that point? We've tried to calm down the crazy in our heads on our own. If we finally get it in our little sweet heads that he can heal us, will we also be willing to push through whatever demands, push past whatever um, is pulling at us to keep us from him and to, to grab that hem of his robe with both hands and hold on for dear life. I think he's going to stop just like he did with, with her and turn around and look us in the eyes and smile and say, okay, there you go. Now I've got your attention. Let's go on a journey. Let's get that little mind healed. Let's get it healed. This isn't a partial effort. This is an all in <laughs> dive into the deep end. No holds barred following Christ with our whole hearts and whole souls. If we chase after him, like she did, he will heal us. Even if we've been battling the same battles for 12 years, like she did, it can happen. I know some of what we talked about was repetitive, but I wanted to put it out here for season two in case someone started with my season two instead of season one, or in case, um, someone is, has not listened to previous episodes. We had to lay that groundwork, self-honesty, belief, full on belief that he can heal. And then a following him with a new kind of desperation. Let, let's chew on that. And then I'll, I'll try to hurry and get the second episode or the third episode recorded and we'll dive in. I really want to talk um, about some very specific things coming up that can change our lives forever. So thanks for joining me today.